Hello everyone. Welcome to More Than a Refresh. This is a live event. This is a podcast about data and the people who wrangle it. Today we are recording from Astoria, Queens, Bellingham, Washington, and Oakland, California. Our guest today is Cooper Quinton, Senior Staff Technologist at the glorious, my word, Electronic Frontier Foundation. For those that don't know, the Electronic Frontier Foundation, Cooper, correct me if I was wrong or am wrong, was started way back when I was much younger. And Cooper, by the looks of you, you were even younger because the government overreached. The FBI didn't follow the rules. So the Electronic Frontier, not that anybody's surprised by this, our current administration just got slapped down by two, not one, two federal uh, courts for directly, that is a quote from the court, violating the First Amendment. That's right. Doesn't matter who you vote for. They are not out for our best interests. Quentin, please, or excuse me, Cooper Quentin. Am I saying Quentin right? Or is there some kind of French thing going on there? No, it is French, but there's nothing French going on there. Quentin, I think in France we pronounce it Quentin, but I'm not French, so we'll call it Quentin. (laughs) All right, well, do me a favor, introduce yourself. Who are you? What's your background? So on and so forth. Yeah, hi, JD. Thanks for having me here. And hi, everybody. Uh, So I am Cooper Quinton. I'm at the EFF. I am a senior staff technologist at the EFF, specifically on our Threat Lab project. Um, I've been at EFF for about nine years now, um, and which is by far the longest I've ever been in any job. Um, but testament to how amazing the EFF is uh, as both a place to work and as a you know place that uh, does good work on the outside as well. Um, at EFF, I started out working on Privacy Badger, our browser add-on to block trackers that spy on you and follow you around online. Um, I eventually shifted to doing more um, cybersecurity-focused work, looking at nation-state spyware, Uh, and malware, specifically malware targeting journalists, uh, activists, human rights lawyers, malware really going after uh, freedom of speech and freedom of expression, right? Um, And so that's with our Threat Lab uh, uh, subproject. And now, uh, and so I I do that, I do a lot of other things as well. Uh, I've recently been looking at privacy in the XR context, so like AR, VR, biometric privacy um, and thinking about that. I've done work on uh, license plate readers, cell site simulators, all sorts of other law enforcement spying technologies. Uh, right now, looking at some spying technology from a group called Shadow Dragon, which uh, has some like open source intelligence technology to spy on people's social media networks and social media feeds. Um, and yeah, I'm just really wearing a lot of hats and looking at a wide variety of things in my nine years at EFF. Shadow Dragon? Is, did I hear that right? Yeah, yeah. So the company is called Shadow Dragon. And um, if you're familiar with open source intelligence at all, basically what they're doing is they're they're selling um, feeds for, for, for graphing software, right? Like feeds for like graph... Uh, for, 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 you know, software that makes social graphs. And I'm, I'm blanking on the name, unfortunately, right now of the software. Um, but it's, it's like this software It's embedded. It's in every like Kali Linux distribution and stuff, but they sell so these basically open source... it maps out the relationships is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so they don't sell that software, but they sell feeds of intelligence, basically feeds of data that they've scraped from uh, websites like Facebook. Uh, they claim to have scraped data from WhatsApp, 
They have data that they've scraped from a, a site for new moms, uh, like discussing their, their, you know, babies and stuff, right? They scrape stuff from Discord, from, from, from Telegram, from WhatsApp, from, from basically everywhere and put it all in these giant feeds that law enforcement uh, and, and whoever else can then go buy. And so we know they have customers like DHS, the NYPD, um, and, you know, a lot of other, the army and a lot of other, uh, uh, you know, presumably, uh, local and federal agencies. So we do have, um, man, everything you just said, <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, we do have an outline, we do have a time limit and I, but I do want to touch on this one thing because it's come up not only on our, the previous episodes we've done with the EFF, by the way, huge fan. Um, in Me fact, yeah, thank you. EFF <laughs> used to, um, years and years and years ago when I launched Postgres conference in the United States, EFF would actually send us boxes of your little notebooks and stuff like that oh. and mm -hmm. stickers that we, we would use to promote. Um, that being said, I, uh, the interesting we're actually, thing, here, this we're is, actually a swag company, a t-shirt and sticker company that does, uh, digital rights as a side hustle. Well, it, it's funny because that's absolutely appropriate, right? That you, if you find your base and they're willing to spend money to advocate your platform, that's how you make enough money to support your political causes, yeah. right? And then, fr frankly, they're not even political causes. They're civil causes. Yeah. Because yeah, political, exactly. political causes are bullshit. Um, exactly. It's civil causes that we need to focus on. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to say before we lose track is that this did come up on multiple episodes, not only of EFF, but when we did Boltiv and a couple of others, in that what people don't recognize, what the mass populace who have been, and I'm going to use your line here, right here, in speaking with our producer, you said that AR and VR is bullshit. I agree with you, but I want to modify that statement. We are already in the age of, first off, I've been doing this so long that I remember when AR and VR could only be on a screen that was this big, right? Because oh, yeah. we just didn't have the bandwidth and it was, it was pixelated. It was terrible and you know, all that. But that being said, we're already in the age. We already have documented instances of social programming from social media companies to determine a result that is positive to, to, to them and negative to you because by human nature, we are drawn to it because of the dopamine hit. That is the AR and VR of today, where you have somebody on TikTok telling you that this happened or that happened and they're, you know, the world is terrible and you buy into it and you suck it down like a McDonald's milkshake. It's terrible. But more importantly, is that you said that Shadow Dragon, who clearly has spent too much time with Dungeons and Dragons and Lord <laughs> of the Rings... Uh, has these feeds. Now, I know these feeds exist. And if you don't know these feeds exist, you're not paying attention. Now, you say to yourself, I don't care. The problem is not you. The problem is the government. The government, not to get all ragey, but by law, they can't get that from you. They cannot snoop on you without a warrant. So That's what exactly they do right. instead, because... Most people, and when I say most, I'm talking 99% of the population, doesn't understand, one, terms and conditions or usage agreements, two, 
even if they did, won't read them anyway because they have lawyers that rank them 17 pages long. And who's got time for that? I got to see my grandkids' yeah. pictures on Facebook. There's somebody did a study. If you read every terms of service that you encountered on a daily basis, it would take like 25 hours or something like that to actually read and parse every terms of service that you interact with on a daily basis. More time than actually exists in a day. And that's on purpose. Like, yeah, yeah, 100% on purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, it's the, the point is the government is using these companies to violate your rights without actually violating the right your rights. They are circumventing the law because exactly. the user just doesn't care and well, they really they, should. They should. If the government wanted to get this data from Facebook, they would have to go get a warrant, you know, they would have to uh uh send that to Facebook, deal with Facebook's lawyers maybe, you know, if the if the warrant was improper or you know, if they wanted to get it off of a service that actually protected your privacy, right? Uh they you know, they just might not be able to. But right. if they can buy this data, location data, social media connections, all of this stuff from a private company, the 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 so far the legal system has decided, well, that's all well and good. That's not, there's no problem there, right? And so the US government is 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 allowed to buy whatever data they want about you, as long as it's been laundered through, you know, commercial interests, mm -hmm. right? Um, and, and if that's the case, uh, you know, apparently the, the Fourth Amendment uh, just gets thrown out the window. We obviously think that this is a very bad situation. Well, I mean, the, the government has got a history since the beginning of our government of throwing whatever amendment they don't like out the window for the mm -hmm. case of invent one. Um, so let's move along before we get too deep into this, because I, I think you and I, by the end of the podcast, we keep talking about this, are going to be sharing whiskey virtually and <laughs> not making a whole lot of sense to people. Um, I'm ragey enough just at the idea of it. Um, but you... And I know I we're going to get to this, so I just hang in with me. But there, there's another topic that we want to have you on separately for, but I do want to touch on it for 15 minutes ish or yeah. less. Ecarceration. Yeah. Now, I want to say something, and I would like you to follow up with everything that you have here. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest understandable mistakes. I actually, I, I completely get it. You broke the law, you do the time. Okay. I get it. I get that mentality that, right. You went and you stole or you raped or you murdered or whatever the case may be. Um, you go to jail. That's fine. You've got to pay your price. The problem is a truly good society. And when I say good, I'm not talking about economics. I'm talking about the philosophical good takes into account humanity, which means we must be, must, it is non-optional to be a good society, rehabilitative as well as disciplinary. We have yeah. forgotten that for some reason. Your turn. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so like, if we... I mean, personally, personally, I'm a prison abolitionist. I think that our entire prison system and, car, you know, carceral system and justice system needs to be realigned. But if we take it, let's take it at face value that, if, you know, what you said, if you do the crime, you do the time, right? I That's, that should be like, I, that would be a much better starting point than what we have right now. And that should be the end of it, right? Now, the fact is, once you do the, you know, once you do the time, once you get out of prison, 
that's only the first part of you serving the time, mm -hmm. right? First of all, you end up with this felony status on your head, which makes it harder to find jobs, find housing, right? vote, integrate vote. Yeah, you can't vote anymore, which boy, like preventing felons from voting, uh, sure, sure, sure is a good way to um, control, you know, the populace and control who gets to vote, especially when you make it so that it's a felony to do something like pirate a video or smoke weed, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's a great way to make sure that uh, you, you know, keep the keep the voting population in line. Um, but that aside, you, you also have um, probation, right? And so now we have this thing called e-carceration, which is, you know, you used to you used to have an ankle monitor, right? And when mm -hmm. you get out of jail, you have an ankle monitor, which, boy, uh, we don't have the time to get into the, like, social right. stigma, right? The pariah that having an ankle monitor would make you, right? And, and, and you know, so, yeah, when you're done doing the time, you're really not done doing the time. But... Now, instead of an ankle monitor, uh, you can have an app, right? And so there's all of these companies uh, getting into this market of essentially ankle monitor apps, right? So your phone is now your ankle monitor, right? Um, which, which, boy, I, you know, I don't, I don't think that. Um, what's his name one of the old sci-fi writers right who wrote uh uh philip dick i don't i don't think philip dick could have dreamed of such a such a appropriate sci-fi dystopia right where everybody oh i don't know I monitor mean, around the, on them all times i mean 1984 animal yeah. form i mean there's yeah, plenty of authors sure. out there that are classic that were sure. are you know if they were alive today they're like i fucking told you right 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 the you could you could power several homes with the energy generated by uh, Orwell rolling in his grave. Um, but <laughs> the new hydro. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's, it's green because of the mold on his dead body. But... <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, um, this is the kind of uh, topical appropriate humor you brought me here for. Um, <laughs> no, but, but, but the point is that our, our phone makes a really excellent ankle monitor it turns out mm -hmm. because it's tracking your location all the time you can force people to take a picture and send it to you to show that they you know that the phone is actually on them right um they can do a little bit of face recognition uh to make sure that it is actually a picture of them right um and uh you know you get the bonus of uh you know being able to to potentially monitor what you're doing on your phone Right. To, to make sure you're not talking with any, you know, known criminal associates or, 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 you know, doing doing anything bad. Right. So so there's this new industry that's cropping up of this this e-carceration industry. Right. Um, um, ankle monitor apps, basically. Mm -hmm. And what that has led to is a so there's this there is this movement that's good, which is to end bail. Right. And we should end bail. The bail system is absolutely insane. It makes it so that poor people go to jail while rich people get to walk free, which is I mean, we've always had a two tiered justice system. But this just like bail just, you know, is another another pin in that. In Let that me system, right? if I can interject here. Yeah. That's a, a curious statement to me. So I live as you do uh, on the West Coast. I mm -hmm. live as you do in a fairly left leaning area. Mm -hmm. I live as you do in a place where, and understand I am not being derogatory. I am being factual. 
mm-hmm. where we have a large population of homeless, unhoused, whatever politically correct term you want to use today, who sure. are criminal justice involved. Thank you, California. Um, who are likely on some kind of illicit substance. And I'm not talking about cannabis. Okay. I'm talking about, mm-hmm. sure. I mean, in my town, we literally just had a raid on a, a homeless encampment where they seized enough fentanyl to kill every person in my town. That's a hundred thousand people. Yeah. But that's, but that was still only like five grams. Well, granted, it is a very small amount, but still, I mean, it's... And if it's if it's 100,000 cops, it's like one gram, because cops are somehow it's unusually susceptible <laughs> to fentanyl. <laughs> well, my point is, you're right. I, I think that justice is always, you know, it, it, it's a class, our justice system is class-based, okay? The lower class you are, the more likely you are to get a punishment that you cannot rehabilitate from, because you have no money, Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, you do read about pretty consistently nowadays where so-and-so got, you know, was arrested for, or it happens in Seattle often. I'm not in Seattle, but, um, you know, so-and-so has 20 years history of being justice involved or court involved and gets put out on cashless bail. They're just, they're out because they're deemed not a, you know, a threat to society in which case two weeks later they're arrested again. So what's your fix for that without bail? I mean, but bail, so I, I will, I will answer that, but bail doesn't actually fix that, right? Like that only fixes that for that guy because he doesn't have a family that can pay his bond. If that guy had a family that Fair. could pay his bond, he could have got out and done the same exact thing, right? Like bail doesn't actually keep, you know, da- if, if, if the point, if the point of bail is to keep dangerous people off the streets, it has utterly failed, right? No, I would like, agree with that. Because it doesn't necessarily. It keeps poor people off of the streets, right? And so, you know, I like like it should be up to judges to determine who, you know, who is who is a danger, you know, to themselves or others, and needs to needs to remain, you know, in jail until their court date. Who is a flight risk and needs to remain in jail, and who isn't? But bail is just saying like, okay, you remain in jail unless you have the money to say otherwise, right? And that's a like it's it's like parking tickets, right? Like or like any anything that's punishable with a fine, right? If it's punishable with a fine, that means it's illegal for poor people to do it, right? It's and it's not illegal for rich people to do it, right? It's not illegal if you can afford the fine. Um, but okay, to to get us to but to get us back to the incarceration topic, um, regardless of whether you have bail or not, people that are that are. Um, being put out on bail, people that are being put out not on bail, people uh, uh, are are being forced to install these 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 apps, right? And because these apps are a lot cheaper uh, per person for the government to you know mandate an installation of, um, they've come to largely replace ankle monitors. But more than that, you now have a huge increase in the amount of people that are forced to be on some sort of, you know, pre-trial or post-trial supervisory uh, surveillance, surveillance, right? Because you can't, you can't put an ankle monitor on everybody that just costs too much, but you can put this app on everybody, right? That's easy. And so you have, 
you know, anybody who's basically, you know, you, you're getting to a point where anybody who interacts with the court system is essentially like, you know, you're the vast majority of them are being told to install these apps, right? And being forced to install these apps, right? And at, at, at a much higher rate. So you get this, 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 this vast expansion of the, you know, carceral surveillance apparatus um, by, you know, by by bringing down the price of it right and it forces people to own smartphones right whether or not they can afford one or want one right you 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 know now you and you have to have this round the clock surveillance on your phone right um and you know your 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 phone is no longer your to whatever degree it was your private domain before that it, it is certainly not that anymore right um so yeah it's 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 a concern and i think that you know, my, my concern is that this is going to become ubiquitous, right? Like anybody like, oh, well, you were arrested for a felony, right? You weren't, you weren't charged, but like, we're still going to, you know, keep this app on your phone just in case, right? Or like, you know, you, uh, uh, a, a thing we're seeing is ICE putting, putting these apps on everybody's phones trying to enter the country, right? Um, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to open the can of worms about immigration policy, yeah, it, but like, that's a much longer discussion. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's going to be an even longer discussion than the bail discussion. But, um, like that's, you know, whereas before ice wouldn't have put an ankle monitor on everybody trying to enter the country. Right. But now you, you know, like even people trying to enter the country legally, even people trying to go through the proper channels and go through the system. Right. Um, are being forced to install these apps, right? And so I think that I, I, I think that that's that's my major concern. But there's another aspect of e-carceration, which is that once you're in jail, there are two big companies, Global Telink and Securus, that are trying to monetize every aspect of the. Um, Ooh, this is a dystopian phrase. Every aspect of the jail experience, right? Every aspect of the, yeah. And so like they want to monitor, they started out, they started out being the like payphone operators, right? Like when you have to call collect to somebody in jail and you have to pay $2 a minute or something like that, right? That's how they mm -hmm. got started. But they've, you know, they're now looking for other revenue streams because they, you know, they want to increase their profits. So they're getting into tablets for prisoners where like you can pay, you know, you can, you can, um, you can make a phone call, but you have to make it through the tablet, right? And the, and of course the entire phone call is recorded. And after that phone call, they're going to do facial recognition on the person you've called and analysis of your conversation to see if you discussed anything potentially illegal, right? To automatically flag for some CEO to come further investigate you. Okay. Um, hold on. Hold, hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. We're going to run out of time on this one thing. I'm going to say something and then, and then, Lindsay, our producer is going to mark this because I have a feeling you're going to be on this show a lot. Um, what you just said, all and I mean no disrespect to those who are trying to make their lives better, who recognize that they're they're doing time for a crime and they want to be better humans in society and rehabilitate. This is not about that. Sure. Every person that sees this, that hears what he just said. This is why AI, as they call it, is bad because computers only do even AI, okay, quote unquote AI, which is bullshit, 
even AI, only does what humans or machines that were programmed by humans were told to do, which means when you have two companies that are controlling the majority of communications for people who are, have the hope, in theory, of being rehabilitated, all they have to do is tweak the algorithm and those people never get out alive, ever, for whatever yes. it is they did. Exactly. They shit yeah. on some senator's lawn who is on some subcommittee who somehow becomes speaker, had zero money, and now is worth $290 million, Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> and she's destroyed you, your, your family, everything, because she didn't like what that you shit on her lawn. Now, I don't think Nancy Pelosi did this. I'm saying that the government is purposely moving in this direction. The government doesn't do this stupidly. They do not have these two companies go forth and say, tell us how to, to screw over everybody. They're going forward saying, tell us how to control everybody, especially those that we don't like. So I, I would... I'll say, um, you know, there's a phrase which is uh, never attribute to malice what could be sufficiently explained by stupidity. Right? Sure. Um, and I, you know, I think in 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 this in this case, like that's and look, don't no, I don't get me wrong, not defending the government, never want to be in a position where I'm defending <laughs> the government, not a big fan of governments. Um, that said, I, th what we're seeing is a lot of a lot of uh, shift to like private prisons, right, and privately run right. for profit run prisons, which is an insane which is thing wrong. to run for profit. Yeah, like yeah, it's wrong. Uh, uh, and and I think that what what Securus and and Global Telling are really offering is ways to increase the margins on your privately run prison, right? Like you can nickel and dime, right? The prisoners on the inside, just like you're nickel and diming the, the you know, everybody else on the outside, right? Through every um, every technological interaction, right? And you can also, but, it, and it's toward the same ends as what you were saying, right? The, a private prison, uh, you know, not even politically motivated, right? Which is, which is you know, even more, uh, uh, terrifying perhaps will you know will try to keep prisoners in longer so that they can make more money on every day that person is in prison right all right so La last comment <laughs> last comment on this but we got to move on um you just you made you just made the most important point that everybody has to hear understand and learn um and i and i i feel for people who just don't get this i feel even more for the people that do and don't know what to do about it it's not about left it's not about right it's not about green it's not about blue it's not about red yep. it's about money yep it's exactly. always about money this is exactly. why through since the beginning of times whether you're christian or not since Jesus walked into the temple and threw all of the vendors who were taking advantage, it is yep. about money. Now, money yep. inherently is not bad. When you assign value to something, it makes it worth something. And if someone feels that it is worth that, they'll pay that or they'll work to pay that. That in itself isn't bad, but it should be the result of good work. It should not be 
the goal of bad work. Exactly. Okay, got to move on. Uh, ARVR, we were already supposed to be here. Um, but I know, let's do five minutes on this because I want to make sure, because the next topic after ARVR is so, the next, it, it's, it's your favorite dessert. And I want to oh, yeah. make sure yeah, that it is appropriately made and served to you on a platter of glory. So yeah. ARVR, you said ARVR is bullshit. We did touch on it a little bit. Continue. Yes. Yeah. It's so it's all part of this tech hype cycle, right? So, okay. You have Facebook, right? Which, which yep. starts out making a, you know, uh, hot or not app, right? For um, Harvard students, right? Uh, uh, realizes that the actual money, right, is in, um, you know, network effects, is in getting everybody uh, uh, sort of, you know, locked onto their network, right? And so, you know, starts out saying, oh, hey, like, you know, we're the, you know, you're all on, you're all on, on, on uh, MySpace, right? But that's like, that's run by a billionaire, right? Who knows what they're doing? Like, we're going to be, you know, privacy focused. You're just going to see your friends, right? And nothing else, right? Like, that's all you actually want, right? And this is just for students, in fact, right now, right? No ads, no anything, just your friends, right? And so you get all the students on there, because that's the cool new thing, right? And then you open it up to everybody else, and you get everybody else on there, right? And then you start, um, you know, you, you start making it worse, right? You start putting ads on there, you start locking people in, and people can't leave, because that's where everybody is, right? Um, and, and Facebook is making money hand over fist on this, right? Like they become one of the you know largest companies in the world mm -hmm. over, basically overnight, right? Um, but then it gets worse and worse and that, that'll lead into the topic later, but it gets worse and worse, right? Like, uh, uh, you know, you, you, you end up, uh, live streaming a mass shooting, right? You end up with the Cambridge Analytica scandal where somebody scrapes all of, your uh, data off child of Facebook abuse, and uses Facebook to, everything. yeah, child abuse, all of this stuff, right? Uh, somebody uses Facebook to influence how you vote, right? Um, you know, suddenly your, you know, your your aunt and uncle are, are posting all of their most absolutely unhinged opinions on there because they're being nudged that way by dopamine receptors and the outrage machine that keeps you hooked to reading Facebook over and over and over and scrolling and scrolling, right? Um, and everybody starts to leave, right? Like, you want to find Gen Z? You don't find them on Facebook, right? You want to find millennials, elder millennials, with geriatric millennials like myself, you don't you don't find them on Facebook, right? Gen X is barely on Facebook anymore. Um, and so Facebook needs a new way to bring those customers back, right? Because that's what we are. We're not Facebook users. We're well, sorry, not customers. They need a new way to bring that product back, right? Because we're not we're not customers of Facebook. We're not its users. We're the product, right? We're no, that's correct. That, that's let, the, let's let's be clear on that. You are not a customer of Meta. The customer right. for Meta is the company that runs the ad that you click on. You are the product of Meta. Facebook itself, or Instagram, or Threads are not products, they're gateways. They're the post office. They're the ones that bring you the information that you are so desperately seeking, but you're not, but they convince you that you are, and you click on it, and then they get to charge whoever for that. 
right? And let's be further clear. Facebook's brilliant. Evil, but brilliant. And I'll tell you why. Because all they did was convince the world that AOL.com and CompuServe.com and Prodigy.com and Delphi.com should be free. Yeah. That's all they did. They don't offer anything that those services didn't offer 25 years ago, 30 years ago. You may continue, Cooper. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's free because your eyes are what they're selling. Well, it's not free. That's that's our cost, right? There's no such thing as free. That is our cost. Exactly. Exactly. So, but there, there's, you know, so if you have all of the people on your network, right, you have network effects. People are locked in to Facebook because that's where their friends are, right? You don't want to, if you go somewhere else, right, uh, um, you know, you go to another social media site, let's, um, well, you know, Google circles, right, to take us back a few years, right? Google well, plus gonna, circles. Right, Google plus circles. Why am I on Google plus? Nobody else is here right? This is dumb. So I'm going to stay on Facebook, right? And as long as people are staying on Facebook, that's where the advertisers have to be, right? And so there's a network effect for advertisers too, and everybody gets locked in. But as soon as people start leaving, as soon as Generation Z starts not, which another marketing term, right? Uh, Generations are just entirely a marketing term, but that's another side rant. Um, As soon as Generation Z starts not showing up, right? As soon as millennials start leaving, Facebook has to buy Instagram because that's where all the millennials are at, right? Facebook has mm-hmm. to try to use their lobbyists to shut down TikTok because that's where Gen Z is at, right? But they also need a new product to get those eyeballs back, to get their to get their product back, which is us, right? And so they buy Oculus. And so VR is this, you have this attempt to make this giant hype wave right? VR is going to change everything, right? VR is going to revolutionize the world. Everybody is going to use VR every day for everything. You're going to use it at your office, at home, at work. You're going to have a pair of VR goggles strapped to your head, you know, 16 to 20 hours a day, right? And most people can't stand to have these things strapped to their head for more than an hour, right? Like I, I, I work on this, you know, partly for a living, right? And I, can you imagine, like, okay, think about how much, me and you aside, JD, everybody else, imagine how much your job sucks right now. <laughs> and, and, I now can't be fired. My job doesn't yeah. suck. <laughs> That's why I said everybody else, aside, besides me and you. <laughs> I love my job. I get to do this. Um, but now imagine strapping a pair of VR goggles to your head for that entire eight hours as well, Right. Nobody wants to do that. That's not improving anybody. Well, hold on. Hold on. I disagree. I disagree. First, well, I don't disagree that I think it's ridiculous and it's a bad thing. Uh, And I also don't think that we are, at least in my lifetime, going to reach a point where it is consumable on a mass scale. Yeah. That said, if you and I step out of our tech bubble. Sure. Okay. Well, let's put it this way. It's the new fentanyl. It's the new methamphetamine. Okay. The moment that they can slap on this video or this hand or, or even, okay. What made the internet? What exploded the internet? Porn. Porn. 
Yeah. Imagine a 19-year-old young man able to strap on one of these things and get realistic biofeedback. Oh, totally. Okay, it's going to it's it's it is going to break the market. It's going and it's going to and then they're going to do what they do best, which is they're going to turn porn into an advertising stream where people blink their eye three times to click an icon and money comes out of their account. Yeah. And, and then, 20% of the population will suck that up yeah. instantly. And then you get rid of the porn, right? And then, and then you get rid of the porn because that's a dirty business. And now you just have the eyeballs, right? Yep. That's, and that's, I mean, I think, I think you're exactly right. Like, and look, I mean, I grew up reading William Gibson and Neil Stevenson, right? Like as did apparently, uh, you know, whoever decided that uh, Zuckerberg should call it the metaverse. Right. But like the, and like, I want, you know, I, I do, I want hyper, you know, hyper realistic VR, right? Like I, you know, I grew up dreaming of that. Right. But what I, what I don't want is, is, you know, a floating torso, right. A sexless body interacting in a Mark Zuckerberg uh, defined world where my every move is recorded and monetized and my every, you know, my, my every thought is, is, um, you know, recorded to, to set further sell products. Right. And that's, that's Oculus's vision of the world. Right. But it's not I just think, Oculus, but yes. I mean, that's, that is the, that is exactly, certainly right. That, but that is the, that is the, the, uh, that is the big, big tech uh, vision of the VR world, right? And that's not a world I want to live in, right? I So no. I think that there's a lot of hype cycle, right? There's a lot of like, come invest in a company. Everybody's going to use this, right? It's going to be the next big thing. Come invest in the metaverse, right? And the metaverse is already a dead mall, right? Like nobody's, nobody's hanging out in Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse, Right. There's a few people in VR chat. Right. But like, you know, uh, Second Life, you know, did this better uh, mm-hmm. you know, 20 ago. years ago. Right. Yeah. With and, and, and they did that without, you know, surveilling everybody using it without nickel and diming everybody. Right. Um, but but yeah, there's a lot there's a lot to be said about VR. But like the I think that the most concerning thing to me is the amount of biometric data that VR headsets collect, right? Like, mm. so so eye tracking data alone is, is really, really invasive, right? Like eye tracking data can tell a lot about what the person's thinking, right? Like oh, yeah. um, when you look at this image, do your pupils dilate? Right. If you look at this image longer, right? Like, do you look at this image for a microsecond longer or this image for a microsecond longer? Right. Eye tracking data. So there's there's studies which I obviously have not empirically reviewed because I'm not a scientist of this caliber, right? But like, there's studies that suggest that eye tracking can be used to determine, um, you know, your your sexuality, right? Whether you're gay, straight, bi, whatever. Uh, if you're an alcoholic. Right. If you're, you know, what your, what your, what your moods are, right. Like what your, well, I think after are. this conversation, we're going to have more alcoholics. Um, I mean, working and, in this field, I'm it's certainly made me an alcoholic. That's, so, so I don't want us to run out of time because the last one is, is important here. Uh, and I keep in mind everything you just said, I agree. I do want to say one thing in defense of Facebook and mm-hmm. people are like, holy shit. Uh, 
but they did do something that, it, and again, it wasn't original. AOL had it, CompuServe had it, every you know they all had it. Um, Facebook, and I'm, I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about Facebook. Facebook is very good at bringing people together into a square, a digital square. Now, um, and, and they have their tools are like, if you compare Facebook's tools against something like Reddit, Reddit hasn't even gotten out of elementary school um, in terms of usability, manageability. Um, you know, if you're willing to take the time to deal with trolls, all that kind of stuff. So I want to give them that. That said, if we're talking about intent or purpose, it was not for the good. It was to allow people to come as a product so they could make a lot more money. And I, I own a business. I am for profit. This is not an anti-profit rant in any way, shape or form. I just don't think it should ever be the goal. It should be the reward for good work. Exactly. Now, now we're going to talk about, because it, you know, we're in, in my, you know, Lindsay put, Lindsay's our producer for those who are watching live. Um, she puts together these outlines for me to, and she prays every time that I will stick to them. And every time I don't, but this time I'm trying really hard because this is such an important discussion and you have coined a term. And we might actually go over on this, and I hope that so. I did enjoy. not coin this term. Oh, you did not. Okay, you have co-opted a term. Yes. You have opened. You have ran a pull request and pulled a fork on this term, whatever you want to call it. Uh, the inshitification of the yeah. internet. Now, yeah. For our millennial friends, our Gen Z friends, I am actually I'm a millennial. You're, you're yeah, but you're. As as Eliza, I'm a geriatric millennial. Yeah, you're a you're an elder millennial. Yeah, I am Gen X. Um, you know, the internet wasn't. I mean, it was to a. Actually, I'll put it this way: the internet has always been shit. Okay, period. But in the beginning, the people that actually understood the technology were in charge. That's not what we have now. The people that are in charge now have no fucking clue. Right? I mean, we're talking about people that can't use an iPhone. That's who's in charge. Yeah. Right? So, Cooper, let us have it. Yeah. Uh, so, so, D so. Define first it first. Where, yeah. So, well, first credit where credit is due. And shitification uh, was coined by my colleague and friend, Corey Doctorow. Uh, who's amazing author and activist who's been doing this work for even longer than I have. Um, but yeah, exactly. So, so, you know, when I, when I first got on the internet, right back in the era of BBSs and dial up, right. The, 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 and 2400 by modem. Yeah. Right. And it, and it, and it, it was, it was shitty back then. Like sometimes literally, right. I spent a lot of time on rotten.com uh, for my uh, fellow Gen Xers and elder, elder millennials who remember that site. Right. Um, but it wasn't it right back then. The internet was run by people who loved the technology and loved the internet. Right. And wanted to make it and, 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 you know, saw the, the, revolutionary potential of it right saw a way to bring people together to connect people 
to you know have a space where where they could you know discuss whatever they wanted a space that wasn't monetized right a public commons a public square right mm -hmm. like you were saying um and now the internet is run you know by the stock market right mm -hmm. like it's run it's it's run you know not just for profit like you were saying but like for you know the the sole purpose of of generating more and more profits right for the sole purpose of maintaining monopolies of power right of of you know maintaining the the internet you know the internet back then was a billion little geocity sites right and a billion little bbs's right and a no, billion i predate that <laughs> right a billion or not even a billion but like a thousand a Usenet. thousand bbs's right yeah exactly <laughs> using it a million little blogs right and now it's uh as somebody else coined five large websites all sharing all all sharing pictures of content from the other four right like the internet now is just you know facebook showing a, a reddit post Twitter showing a Facebook post, Instagram and YouTube stealing and, 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 and uh, TikTok all stealing each other's posts. Right. And a whole bunch of DRM on top of that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's not your imagination, right? Technology has gotten worse, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it is, it is getting worse by the day. Right. I have, I threw it on the floor because it was making vibrating noises. I have an <laughs> iPhone here, right? I have a supercomputer by, you know, 2000 standards in my pocket at all times. But can you write a program on this? No, you can't, right? Like back, you know, back in, when I was learning well, how to program. Let, let me interject here for those that don't know. What he means is, is what you do is you write a program either in Linux or Windows in a framework and a toolkit and a simulator and then you can apply to either have it go to a controlled store that can then be downloaded or you can, well, and in uh, Android's case, because I don't run Apple. Yeah, anywhere. or you can sideload it and you, you can, can side run it yourself. Yeah. Right. But you can't develop for the computer on the computer, right? Like when I when I got my first computer, a 286, right, black and white, I could write programs for it in in basic, right? I could write the program in basic, run the program right then. And that's how I learned how to program, right? With an iPhone, with an Android phone, there's no equivalent to that, right? They, these are general purpose computers, right? These are Turing complete machines that you can do anything on. Mm -hmm. But if it were, but you know, if, if it's, if it's up to Apple and Google, you will not do that, right? You will only do these, you know, these are machines that will only be used for consuming content, right? For, well, it, for it's worse than that because you don't own it. And yeah, right. And you, you don't, don't own it. The, Whatever's on that, you do not own it. Yeah. it, it, it Apple or, fa or, or uh, Google at any point can say, and, and actually I ran into this with Amazon too with Prime recently. Um, they say, you know, I bought X, yeah. Okay. And in my case, what happened was, is I bought the last season of The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the last season of The Walking Dead, AMC Plus launched. Yeah. So I then had, so Prime killed my subscription and I had to go buy AMC Plus to watch the rest of the, the season. Now, exactly. why that's important is because the same thing happens with Apple and Google. If they have a disagreement with the publisher, yeah. they'll just disable it on your phone remotely. Yeah, you didn't buy you didn't buy those bits. You didn't buy that software. You bought a license to use that. 
right. to use that software, right? And that license also prohibits things like reverse engineering that software. That prohibits things like making other software that's interoperable with that software, right? Which, by the way, is how these companies got so big in the first place, right? Like through, uh, you know, reverse engineering, right? That's the reason why we have a million IBM PC clones, right? That's why any computer can run Windows, right? Is because somebody reverse engineered how the IBM PC works and and made a, you know, open standard that any computer could then copy to run IBM compatible programs, right? And to run Windows and to run everything else. But now, you know, now that these corporations have gained power, they would like to see their monopoly entrenched, right? So that they can continue making profits hand over fist. And so they have made the very tactics that they use to get so big illegal, right? So that nobody else can, you know, reverse engineer their software and come after them, right? If you, if you want to reverse the, the, you know, DRM on the song that you downloaded um, on the Apple store, right? If you want to try to crack the DRM so that you can have a copy of that song that you bought, regardless of whether Apple revokes your license to it or not, right? That's a felony. That's punishable by up to 12 years in prison and a $500,000 fine, right? Which is more than rapists get. Um, like, so the, the, the insidification of technology and of the internet is about sort of locking, like, you know, locking down, right? Locking down all these computers, locking down everything that you do so that you can't use the, this general purpose computer in your pocket as a general purpose computer, right? So that you can only use it to, to get content, right? But the other thing that I think is contributing to the insidification of the internet is, is tech hype cycles, right? So like you have, you know, the, 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 the 90s.com boom and that falls apart, right? Um, and that was the original hype cycle, right? Everybody's, you know, you have a, you have. Mm, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I think there's, I think you're missing something there. You're right. I mean, the dot com boom. I mean, I mean, that's not the original hype cycle. Yeah, that's that's what I'm going to say. I mean, come on, radio, TV, cable, Playboy Channel, right? Let's talk hype cycle. I mean, we can we can go back to we can go back to um um what is the the Danish uh uh flowers? What kind of flowers was it? Whenever you start, if you ever start tulips, the tulip craze in in Denmark, right? Where like everybody, I think it was tulips. What? Uh, I can't yeah, tell the tulips. story because I'm going to mess no, it. It's yeah, tulips. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a, a big thing here about it. The um, Well, if you really want to get, get old school, let's talk hype cycle. Biblically yeah. speaking, Christian or not, what was the first miracle? Turning water into wine. Water into wine, baby. Yeah, the yeah, first yeah. hype cycle. And that yeah. just launched a whole 2,000 years of people either loving or hating, right? Right. So go back to your, but let's go back on point. What is your, well, I'll say, I mean, there are, there are, there are technologies which genuinely do change the world, right? Like, um, you know, figuring out fermentation genuinely changes the world, right? Radio, TV genuinely change the world, personal computers, and then the internet and then smartphones all genuinely upend the entire world, right? Um, for at least a little bit until power structures figure out how to reassert themselves, right? And figure out how to co-opt this new technology and use it to reassert themselves. But 
what you have now is is and those are legitimate hype cycles right like that's that's not a hype cycle those are just legitimate technological revolutions right agriculture like those are legitimate what you're talking about is nike came out with a new shoe and so there's a line around the store exactly or like more importantly right uh finance bros figured out that they could uh uh do a do a cryptocurrency grift right um and and wall street figured out that it could do a cryptocurrency grift right and so then suddenly you have a million cryptocurrency companies right and you have you know you have sam bank and everybody's saying like this is going to be the new you know this is going to revolutionize all of finance this is going to change everything right you get a big bump in the stock market right or the or the crypto market you get a big cash infusion right um and then you know everybody takes their money and runs and and you know you're the you find out that you're the bad holder right and then that hype cycle is done but you have to keep the you have to keep the profits coming because you know if you're if you're a publicly traded company like facebook right or or meta right as they're now called you have to keep the investors happy right you have to keep the line going up right that's the most important thing so you have to find a new hype cycle right facebook is dying so how are we going to keep the line going up? How are we going to keep the investors happy, right? We've already squeezed everything we can out of the advertisers. We've already squeezed everything we can out of the publishers. We've already squeezed everything we can out of the, out of the uh, you know, Facebook, out of the product, right? Out of the Facebook users. And we're losing product. So what's the next, what's the next thing where we can squeeze people? Oh, VR, right? Well, nobody really, nobody really wants Oculus, right? Nobody really wants an Oculus Rift. Like, like it's great for porn, uh, but you know, and it's good. It's great for video games. Like it's fine for video games. Right. Um, but but not much else. Fine for casual video games. Exactly. Exactly. But so let's create a new, let's, let's create a new hype cycle around that. Right. Everybody's going to, and then so Mark Zuckerberg comes out and says, everybody's going to live in the metaverse, right? The metaverse is the new thing, right? Move all your realty to the metaverse. Everybody invest in the metaverse right and and like you know what is the metaverse well it's it's a you know sexless floating torso that can buy shit oh well great right and so let me ask you something though i mean haven't we moved beyond that i mean isn't the latest hype cycle chat gbt ai exactly and so metaverse is boring it's a dead mall nobody goes there right and so now you have to find now the market has to find a new hype cycle and the new hype cycle exactly is large language models chat gpt ai right and so now everything has to be ai based right and and um the i'm blanking on his name the ceo of of open ai right uh uh is out there saying like ai is gonna kill us all right like this ai is so dangerous that we have to lock it down right and stop all research on ai for six months so that we can just get a handle on this thing and figure out what's going on right and that benefits open ai he's saying that not because you know like maybe because he's genuinely crazy and thinks that he is actually built the singularity which he hasn't <laughs> but i think more importantly because that actually benefits him that benefits open ai more than anyone else right like they are they are you know genuinely pretty far ahead on large language models mm-hmm. right um which is a very specific like you know there are a lot of i'm not an i'm not an ai developer and i know some some attendee at this conference is going to murder me on mastodon afterwards for for saying something incorrect about ai but like large language models are a small subset of ai right somebody said right. it's a it's it's a it's a word calculator 
right? Like it's certainly not sentient, right? It's just using statistics to, to put together plausible words and understand, you know, more or less what you're saying, right? And understand some context. But what, what this does when he says like AI is going to change the world, like it might kill us or it might save us, but we need to pause on it for six months, right? Well, if something was going to kill all of humanity, genuinely, I would think you would want to pause on that for more than six months. Like right? ever. And yeah, exactly. No, so and the, the reason problem... and the reason he's saying that is because it's not, right? He doesn't actually think that it's going to do that. What it does is it increases the hype. It increases the, the you know, everybody goes, oh, this AI stuff must be really powerful, right? And then everybody starts putting it in everything, right? And now you have Bing search with AI, right? And Bing is telling you to go kill yourself. And and you have and, <laughs> well, if you're using Bing, I mean, I mean, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> okay, but, I mean, but what else? But what else are you going to use Google? Because Google is now like you have all this AI generated content that is completely screwing up Google. Right, the first page of yeah. Google, if you search today, is so much worse than it used to be. Yeah, well, and it, part of that is because of you know their need to continue to sell. But yeah, let's let's move on a little bit because I mean you did touch on like the stock market problem with you know the fact is is that you know your finance bros you, the reality of it is is that you know these are really smart people and they know how to manipulate oh. things to uh, you know to their end uh, and I do mean to their end. It's not Absolutely. our end. It's their yeah. end. No. Um, we are running low on time, so let there's a couple things we want to talk about here, and then I have a bomb to drop that yeah. you know I have, and I know, and our and frankly, some of our listeners probably know. I have a, I have but, a couple other things I want to say about AI too. Okay, uh, go for it. Hit me. Okay, so I do I do think I like like I've said that most of these technologies won't change the world. I do think AI will change the world, and here's how I think it'll change the world with it already and within the next couple of years as well is it's going to make, it's going to increase the institutification of the internet, right? Yes. You're going to have people using large language models to generate bullshit articles about whatever to fill up their sites, right? You're going to have people using LLMs to make all even more bots on Twitter, on Facebook, on the other three social media sites. That is going to fill Google search results up with bullshit. And that is going to fill everything else on the internet up with bullshit. And that is going to fill people's minds up with bullshit, right? So what, what the way that AI is going to change the world is to make the the large internet almost entirely useless, even more so okay. than it is. I have something that's in my in, <coughs> can't believe I we're, we've entered an area an era where I have to say yeah. in my opinion. Of course, it's right. my fucking opinion. I'm I saying have a, it. I also have a great example of this from today. Well, one second. But go on, go on. This is how I think AI is going to change the world. Yeah. You're going to lose all human contact from certain industries. You think it's oh. bad now when David from some country who doesn't speak English is your customer service rep? You think it's bad now that we have banks that you can't walk into an establishment and like say, bank manager, stop fucking up my finances? You think Give it's bad now? Right now? Yeah. Think about something. I can walk into, and I don't do this, but I can walk into Whole Foods. Every person that calls Whole Foods whole paycheck is now without a job 
because of AI. Mm-hmm. It's not progress. It's regress. We are exactly. eliminating the value of humanity for the sake of not Google, not Facebook, yeah. not Microsoft. None of these companies matter. Do you no. know why they don't matter? Because they're owned by BlackRock, Vanguard, yep. and State Street. Yep. Yep. Three companies own 88% of the S&P 500. Three. Now, don't get me wrong. Vanguard, I got a lot of money with them because they make me money. Yeah. But you know what? Think about that. When you buy a yeah. stock, if you buy Google because you think it's a sound investment, bullshit. They're not making money for you. They're making money for BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street. Because if BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street decide they no longer like Google, Google's out of business. Facebook's out of business. And you know what? They don't care. Do you know why they don't care? They're already rich. So it affects everybody down farther. Yeah. Oh, That's my bomb. So you can continue now. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. I love that. And it's absolutely true. Right. And like, that's, I think that's what, you know, that's what I was trying to get at. That's what is leading to the institutification of the internet, right. Is, is, you know, the stock market, right. Which is exactly like you said, is controlled by BlackRock and Vanguard and, you know, a couple of other large capital firms. Right. And Mm -hmm. as soon as one of them can eat the other one, they will absolutely do that. Right. Until there's, you know, until, until, you know, for optics, there are only two dogs on top and those, and, you know, and those companies are owned by all the same people, right. Or controlled by all the same people. Um, that's, that's absolutely it is that every, every service that becomes publicly traded, Google, Facebook, whatever, right. Is in the hands of these major corporations, uh, or sorry, not in the major corporate, in the hands of these giant financial firms, right? Yeah, they're not into it, trillions and trillions of dollars. Yeah, no, it, it, it's wealth that's unimaginable. Yeah, um, like fantasy dragons would be so jealous of <laughs> giant piles of gold that that these fuckers are sleeping on. <laughs> All right, talk. So, we're at our mark, so let's the, let's close the, this up. We got a couple more the, topics. Talk to me yeah, about yeah, the small yeah. web. So, the, I, so the, 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 the perfect example, the one thing I, w- I want to mention, it just happened okay. today, the perfect example of how AI is going to ruin the internet. Right now, if you search Tiananmen Square uh, or, or Tank Guy, I can't remember which one, Tiananmen Square Tank Guy on Google Images, the first search result that pops up is an AI-generated selfie of that guy taking a selfie in front of a tank. Like it is, it is genuinely destroying history. Um, and that's, I don't think that's a world we want to live in. That's not a world so I want to live in. If I type that in is, tank guy, I see the Chinese communist party getting ready to, you know, mow down this guy. That's what I see. Chinese. It's, um, now I'm not saying you're wrong because obviously Google and any other search engine, it's all, there's algorithms that are behind what they serve you. Right. Yeah. Um, but my first this, link is Wikipedia. Yeah. This was a headline on uh, 404 Media. Who knows how it's you know changed now? It's possible that that Google has tried to headline that. But th- this was a 404 Media is a great new uh, uh, media website, by the way, not publicly traded, uh, started by some former uh, vice journalists like Joseph Cox, who just got laid off. Big fan of them. Definitely check out 404 Media. 
Um, anyway, yeah. I just I thought that that was an amazing example of the instantification of the internet. Um, yeah, you know, that's I, it. I so think the small web. Uh, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Let's talk about the small web. Yeah. Sorry, I I I, I brought us good. off track. We're here. gonna have you on again. We can have you shoot when this is done. Oh. We can keep recording for another hour. We'll figure you know, and we'll turn it into segments. I TED like talks on the shitification a... of the internet. I feel like me and you could have a ranting contest because I think we could go toe to toe for who can rant the longest. Um, and you know, we'll get some whiskey involved, and then it'll really be a marathon. Um, <laughs> The red trailer of more than the refresh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Talk Uh, to me about um, the small web. Yeah. The small web. So, so what we were just talking about, right. The, the, the stock market owning everything, right. BlackRock, Vanguard, whatever, owning everything. Right. I, I want to return to an internet that is, even better than the old internet, right? I'd say I want to return to the old internet, but the old internet had some terrible things, right? And it was also new. We were learning a lot of things, right? We were learning, um, you know, how to do encryption, how to do content moderation, right? We were learning how to create communities, right? And what those communities should look like. We have a lot of better technologies and frankly, better computers now, right? But I want to return to an internet that's not controlled by giant corporations, right? That's not five websites sharing content from the other four. So I'm really excited about things like Mastodon and Blue Sky, right? About things like decentralized protocols, um, the the Cult of the Dead Cow, which is a hacktivist group that really inspired me, just introduced a new decentralized protocol called Valid. Right, which I'm really excited. Yeah, to but check none out. of these are new. I mean, Archie it's, was decentralized. I mean, yeah. if you want to talk something modern, XMPP, you're kind of reinventing the I mean, wheel at this point. Encrypted though, end to end encrypted, not you know, not necessarily storing unencrypted data. There's a lot of. It's not a new concept to be decentralized, right? You're you're absolutely correct. The internet used to be mostly decentralized, and we yeah. have we have centralized it, right? And I want to. This is not a catchy phrase. I want to re-decentralize the internet, right? And so that's what I... That's not going to win a marketing award there. No, no, no. But I'm not in marketing, right? Because I have a soul. Um, Oh, Oh, dick. (laughs) Um, That was a dick thing to say. Not all marketing people are bad. Some marketing people... I mean, think of the person that said, Volvo, they're boxy, but they're good. Okay? I mean, it's... I mean, I say that me, I say that I say similar jokes to our lawyers all the time, and I love them. But you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's because they're protecting you. You wouldn't love them yeah, if you're going exactly. against them. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, no way. I wouldn't want to go against EFF's lawyers. Um, but yeah, I want to. I want to return to that web, right? And so I'm. I'm really excited about you know, people, people hosting, you know, hosting their own social media services, right? I'm excited about Mastodon. I'm excited about an internet that's not run by corporations, right? Um, And I want to, I want to get back to that, right? And I want to get back to interoperability where like, if I don't like Blue Sky, right, I can take my data and leave, right? If I don't like Mastodon, uh, the, the Mastodon server I'm on, I can take my data and go to another server because the protocol is good, right? And nobody owns the protocol, right? That's... I love that, and I want to get back to that, right? And I so think I, I'm on blue sky, um, and I, I know as with any social media, um, you know, it depends on what you're looking for. But whenever I open my blue sky, all I see is a bunch of raging ridiculousness. Um, and I'm sure if I searched out other people, I wouldn't see that. Um, but 
I think, I mean, and I agree with you. I would like to see people taking more control, taking more accountability, more responsibility, and a little bit less Netflix and chill. Maybe more chill, but not as much Netflix in their lives. Certainly less Um, YouTube. Yeah, right? I mean, but what I would like to see is we got into this idea, which to me, this is the enshittification. We got into this idea that being anonymous is a good thing. Now, here's the deal. So Elon Musk, and whether you like him or not, I don't care. I'm actually not that big of a fan uh, personally, uh, but I do think he's done a lot of technology. Whether he designed it or not is irrelevant. He is the person that people see. He has bought a lot of excellent technology. He has bought a lot of excellent technology and, and brought it to the consumer. I mean, I love Starlink, for example. Um, but he, he's talking about, we're going to start charging now, obviously this is a, 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 because he pissed off, you know, 50% of the population and therefore, and they're leaving his platform. So he has no advertising dollars. Fine. That's, that's actually one of the great things about the in theory free market. Um, but instead of making people pay, say $5 a month or $1 a month, it doesn't matter to be verified, do it the other way. We will verify you for free. You will get your blue check mark for free. When people see that mark, they know you have gone through an identity process. Banks and medical companies do this all the time. So you do it for free. And then if you want to be a fucking Facebook keyboard troll warrior who has no life and just they they want... The only thing they can do is try to figure out how to make you upset. That's what they live for because they have they don't have a wife that loves them or a husband that loves them. Their kids hate them. Whatever the case may be, they're just shitty people. Those people, they're not verified. And then you say a filter, drop down, block all non-verified. Boom! The internet becomes instantly better. Not great, but better. What do you think? I think that's an interesting idea. Um, and like, I mean, I, I do want to push back. I think that, I think that pseudonymity or anonymity is really good in some cases, right? Like, and I agree there's, there's a huge problem with, with, you know, yeah. Trolls and bots and shit. Right. And like, I think like there's, there, there are certainly some good things about verification, right? Like having verified journalist accounts, it was a big yes. part of actually what made Twitter good, um, um, you know, back in the before time um but like i so you could actually say like okay this person is you know actually some sort of journalist you know it probably isn't you know it's less likely that they're making shit up wholesale right um at at least let's say we'll say less likely right um and you know most most journalists are actually like you know really good at their jobs and and pretty honest people right although obviously the government does love to use the media for propaganda Right. Sure. Um, well, so that's, I mean, anyway, everybody that's, does. It's not just yeah, the yeah. I, lo- I love using the media for propaganda. What, yeah. what do you think I'm doing right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that said, um, there's... I think that there is a, a good reason for anonymity, right? Like, where I don't want... I don't actually... I want a, a site where I can say, um, you know... 
Nancy Pelosi sucks, right? Or 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 we're nonpartisan, so uh, um, who's a Republican politician? Um, Tom Cruise sucks, right? I want a website where I can say a politician sucks without them, you know, deciding that I'm gonna lean on, um, you know, I'm gonna lean on that website to give me his actual identity so that I can go ruin his life, right? And if we, and you know, we 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 have a First Amendment in this country, right? Oh, but especially I if I live interject. in a, I need to interject. I think you meant Ted Cruz, not Tom Cruise, because Tom Cruise recently yeah. made one of the best movies ever. Okay. I mean, I'm gonna let's I be clear. To be fair, to be nonpartisan, I'm perfectly happy to pick on Nancy Pelosi. I'm also perfectly Ted, happy to yeah. pick on Ted Cruz. Yeah, yeah. But Tom yeah. Cruise I, is a very short national treasure. Unfortunately, who's a Scientologist? Anyway. I did mean Ted. I did mean <laughs> Ted Cruz. Yeah, and um, you know, because I value my life and limb and my children, I'm not going to say anything about Scientology. Um, well, you are in California. That would be dangerous. Uh, I, I'm not yeah. afraid of. I'm not afraid to call out cults that that harbor rapists. Okay, I'm, I'm oh not. My God. I'm the not best, afraid of that. The best part about Scientology is is that um um, what's his name? L. Ron Hubbard had a bet science, with fiction, science writer. fiction writer about who could start the biggest cult the quickest. Yeah, and, and no, L. Ron it's, Hubbard it's, won. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, he yeah. he wrote and something were, about what they became. Yeah. Right. And people are still like, no, this is totally real. This is definitely things totally real. Um, totally real thing that was that was that was discovered by a science fiction author who wrote about well, it. Well, I mean <laughs> maybe that's where Star Wars came from. Yeah, yeah. Right? You remember not not the not seven, eight, nine, right? But when they did one, two, and three back when you were like eight. Um and, and is that about right? Uh I was uh, what years did that that was like what year did that? It was like I think ninety nine was the first one. I, was, I, I don't oh, know. Oh no, I was like yeah, I was like fourteen or something. Okay, so I, I mean I went. I was close. I was a guess. Yeah. I was close. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But they started talking about how the force is these living beings inside you that you can learn right. To oh, the the midichlorians. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Oh wait, anyway. is that what I said? I meant the thetans. Whatever. Anyway. The yeah. thet. The thet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, how did I get on Scientology? Oh right. So I want I want an internet where I can where I can say. I want an internet where I can cyber bully politicians, right? Without, without, uh, you know, to a, to a nice degree with, you know, not to a harassment, you know, not to a legally actionable harassment degree. Right. But without them coming back. And I think that that's important, right? Like, I think that there is one of the things I like about the internet is that you can, you know, uh, uh, you can't, you know, you can have some freedom of expression. Right. And I think in countries where there's not a first amendment guarantee, Right. Um, in so much as we have it, I, I think that that is especially important, right? Like if I want to, if I want to talk some shit about the King of Thailand, right. Um, and I live in Thailand, I'm going to need some anonymity to do that. Right. And so I think that so, that's where anonymity is important. Now I'm definitely coming from a, a, a mer a U.S. centric position, um, so I, I, I think that there's definitely a point where you, you do, if you're talking about Thailand, you're talking about South Africa, you're talking about Miramar, I, I, I Russia. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think there's definitely, or frankly, even Germany. Um, I think that there's a, definitely a consideration there. Yeah. That being said, one, there's nothing stopping you from doing that right now. Load sure. up your fucking website. Totally. Okay. Number two. When you talk about a politician, if I talk about Nancy Pelosi, 
Yeah. I don't like her. I think she's a crook. I think Ted Cruz, he's a slime ball. I, I don't think he has enough money to be a crook. Maybe he does. He's in Texas. Who knows? Um, the, but I think the mistake that we have made, one, there is no constitutional right to privacy, right? It, yeah. It's not in the constitution. Okay. That's yeah. number one. So the idea, I have a right to privacy, not in the public. You don't. And the internet is public. You have a right to privacy in your home, on your property. That's it. That's the only thing that's been basically established. And every politician in the world disagrees with that because they don't want you to smoke weed or they don't want you to be gay. One or the other. Okay? So fuck them. What is more important is that people need to be willing to actually take accountability for their speech. We are where we are right now between 2012, 2016, 2020, and now 2024, where... No one wants to take accountability for what they say or who they are and what they do, and they just deflect. And then you get fake news narratives, which, frankly, were real. There were a lot of the quote-unquote fake news, fake news was real news. Sure. But because we have no accountability, we have... No one can say for a fact, except for the people that are right here, right now, and even then, that's arguable, JD's a dick. Yeah. Right? I can say that's fake news, right. but because no one's going to take accountability. If, if you're going to be a dick, fine. Own the fact that you're a dick. We need dicks in this world. That's how we get babies. So it's just, right? I mean, if, but be willing to own the fact that you're a dick. If you're not willing to, if you're not, this, this is what I say to my team. If you have a problem, bring it to management if you are not comfortable bringing it to management bring an advocate another team member with you and bring it to management together okay the same needs to apply to society if you do not feel comfortable owning your shit whatever it is you're saying if you do not feel comfortable owning your shit shut the fuck up otherwise if you do feel comfortable but you're afraid Fine. Right. Find an advocate. Yeah. Find two advocates and bring your yeah. shit to yeah. the table together, but own yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree with you on that. Right. I mean, that's, that's, I think the, you know, why I'm, why I'm in a union and support unions, right. Is because I, I fully believe in the power of collective action and that you should own your shit and you should find other people to, you know, if your if your idea is really worth a damn, you'll be able to convince at least you know, uh, uh, you know, and other people, depending on the size of the you know group that you're trying to convince, right? That is worth a damn, right? And if you can't convince that many people, then it ain't worth a damn. That so that, and I think that that to 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 to, to tie that back to the small internet to wrap this up in a nice little bow, I think that the the answer to what I want is is there should be a variety of different you know social media or whatever websites where I can take my shit to, right? Like if I, you know, there should be a site where I can just have my, you know, people that I know in real life or that I at least respect in real life that are verified, that are my friends. And that's the only feed I see, right? And then there should be another site where, you know, everybody can post whatever shit that they want, right? Like I think- But then you get 4chan and 8chan and those are not great places. No, they're not great places, right? But- but that should 
No, they're not great places. And I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just and trying I, to see how you can bring this around here. I, I, but like, <laughs> there should be a place where I can, where I, as a Thai person, can go say, fuck the king of Thailand. Right. Like, that's, that needs to exist. Right. And like, yeah, you, you can't have that without, you know, also, like, you're always going to have some type of 4chan. Right. Um, like, a problem right now is that is that you know 4chan and 8chan have leaked their containment fields oh hi little ones hi guys the problem the problem right now is that 4chan and 8chan have here say hi to (laughs) you're saying hi to the world young man uh the problem right now is that 4chan and 8chan have leaked their containment fields this is totally my bad. We're over. I apologize. No, We're no over worries. time. Anyway, they've leaked their containment fields and, and the radioactive waste has poisoned the rest of the world. Right well, now, now, now hold on, hold on. Let's not, let's not bat- bash nuclear energy because it's actually truly no, one of no, our only yeah, options. No, no, yeah. I am a big about, nuclear energy. Yeah, when we start talking <laughs> about that kind of stuff, let's bash stuff like PFASs, you know, Teflon. Tiananmen Square, buddy. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. How can our listeners support the EFF? Now, let me be very clear, folks. I know a lot of people have a lot of nonprofits that they love, whether it be opensource.org or EFF uh, or ACLU, even though the ACLU does very little ACLU work anymore. Um, My two favorite currently are the EFF and FIRE. Those are my two right now. But how can we support the EFF? How do we help the EFF continue their mission to provide privacy and civil liberties in the digital age? Yes. So EFF is at least half of our yearly funding, if not more, comes from individual members. I, I joked earlier that we're a, a t-shirt company with a side hustle and civil liberties. Right. But really, we are funded, you know, most of our funding comes from individual donations, right? Small, not, not small, but, um, um, you know, like people like you, people like the people at Postgres World, you know, donating, you know, 20 bucks a year, 100 bucks a year, right? Whatever you can afford. And that's that's what sustains us and that's what lets us remain independent, right? We don't take... Um, we we don't take any money with strings attached right we certainly you know we don't take any money uh we don't take any money from the us government we don't get a lot of money from google and facebook you might understand why um <laughs> but Probably we get not. a lot of money but we get a lot of money from google and facebook employees because there's a lot of a lot of people at those companies, individuals at those companies, who are good people who support our mission, who don't want to work at shitty places. Right? Yeah, no, um, there's definitely and, that's something that should be said real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. A company yeah. does not necessarily a company may be doing things that you don't agree with. That doesn't mean there's not good people there. Same exactly. with the government. There's a lot exactly. of good people in government the, trying exactly. to do good things. Yeah, it's yeah. just you, you, that they're the pushing. Major- they're doing Go God's work, pushing against these gigantic machines, right? And these gigantic, uh, you know, they're they're trying to turn the Titanic around with an oar, right? They're being tank men. And yeah, exactly, right? exactly. Uh, so EFF.org, I, so there should be EFF. a donate button right on top. Yeah. 
Yeah, donate uh, to us. Check out our blog posts. We have um, we have action alerts. If you go to act.eff.org, these are things that we want you to um, um, tell your your representatives in government, your Congress people, right, about uh, laws coming up that we think are particularly bad. Right. So go check those out. Um, you know, turns out lobbying does work. Right. That's why lobbyists do it. We can lobby too. We can send emails to Congress and those actually do feed into it. Right. So uh, check that out. And yeah, donate to EFF. Check out our blog post, share our articles and and yeah, become a member if you can. All right. And with that, this has been a live event of More Than a Refresh, a podcast about data and the people who wrangle it. It is sponsored by EFF, Command Prompt, and Postgres World.